This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, sir. What's up? What the what's up? Let's fucking go, huh? Let's have a week, boys. Listen, UFC Vegas 43, November 20th. Main event, Caitlin Vieira versus Misha Tate. We got the picks. We got the selections. I have two, not one, but two parlays. I almost, almost didn't give a slime ball. This is, listen, even for a sharp fucking guy like me. This isn't the easiest card to pick. It's actually pretty, it's pretty difficult. There's a lot of really even close fights, a lot of really competitive fights I'm excited about. I'll tell you some of the early leans I had. We'll we'll break down the card, but overall, a lot of these cards are pretty lean, or excuse me, these lines are pretty lean. So I'm like, the slime ball is meant for chalk, right? It's meant for those chalky plays that you feel confident in. It's almost like anti-gambling, right? There's so many... Of these MMA Twitter gamblers that are fighting over certain things like, well, you can't say you're not going to take value. The slime ball parlay, for anybody that doesn't know, it's just me picking who I think is going to win. Taking numbers out of it, right? Because we all obsess over numbers. Take the numbers out of it. Who do you think is going to win? Who's your dog in that fight? Put them together. Try to get a plus number. Try to make some money. That's what the slime ball parlay is. All right, don't get confused by the name. It's just a fucking fancy name. It's just a cool name. I just got caught looking at myself in the uh, in the, in the screen there. Oh boy, vein alert! Vein alert! Um, no, welcome to the podcast. We're gonna pick. We're gonna give you all the fucking selections. Two parlays, like I said, and it's it was a dog parlay when I started it. It is now an even money. Or excuse me, you're still getting plus money, but I'm saying all the there's three fighters that are dogs on it. And at one fighter, it's now even. But she was a dog. Spoiler, it's a female. She was a dog. So we have two parlays. We have the, the slime ball parlay, which is a gorgeous plus number, which I think I don't know how it's going to lose. And then we have the underdog parlay. So we're going to share that at the end once we get through these motherfucking picks. Not doing it live today. I was going to do it live. Had some technical difficulties. This is pre-recorded. Then we're going to go upload it to YouTube. So you'll be listening to this first and then the video, if you would like to watch the video, if you want to see all my cool graphics and my beautiful face and my chin beard, uh, you know, just hop on the MMA Takes Podcast YouTube. Wait, let me say that again. MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe. Make that hit that subscribe button. And I know I think they say hit the bell. You don't have to hit the bell. Well, who cares, right? Or hit the bell. Fuck it. I don't care. Speaking of chin beards, though, if you're watching the show, you, you'll, you'll get this reference. So I have a disgusting chin beard, but it hides my double chin. And, you know, the wife can tolerate it. it. It's whatever. But it does get long and it pulls on my hoodie when I work. So I do have to trim it up. But, uh, you know, I feel very attacked. Uh, I was on Reddit. I love Reddit. I consume Reddit. Um, and, you know, I follow, uh, uh, you know, basic forms on there. Uh, MMA stuff related, you know, hot chicks, whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Video games. Um, but uh, there was this one that popped up. It said suggested form. Right. And it had some memes in it. And it was guys with neck beards. And it, it's a whole meme form full of guys with neck beards. And like how if you have a neck beard, you're you're typically, you know, you're, they're making fun of me. They're making fun of neck beard guys. And uh, it's hilarious. It's absolutely true. Because if I could grow a fucking full beard, I wouldn't have this piece of shit neck beard. But listen, your boy, you know, you, he's got two kids. He ain't a young whippersnapper anymore. I got to hide what I can hide. You know, I love winter so I can put on a fucking... Uh, 
Got a little thing here that's distracting me. Sorry. I love winters. I can put on a coat, you know, put on a vest or something. Hide, hide, hide some of this mass. Um, and that's what this chin beard is. It, it hides some of my mass. So uh, rip away, rip away uh, Reddit and everyone who participates. But, you know, it could affect me. All right. First fight. Lu- uh, Luana Pinero, 9-1. She's a minus 400 favorite versus Slam Page Hughes. Sam Hughes, um, plus 300. Uh Underdog, this fight, you know, it screams. Mm, screams, who gives a shit? Is what it screams. Uh, Sam, who's, I feel like she's she's been supposed to fight a few times. I feel like fight, you know, she's supposed to fight a little bit. Loopy Gondez hasn't had a UFC one yet. She's 0 2 in the promotion. One stop, it's by Tisa Torres. No big deal. She actually showed up pretty well in that fight. Decision lost to Luka, Luka Bumi. And then Panera's coming off that weird. So she's coming off the contender series, but she's coming off that weird random Marcos up kick. Did she fake it? Did she not fake it? Uh, whose side are we taking? Are we taking the faker or Marcos, whatever? Um, and she was showing out pretty well in the Marcos fight, who is a solid fighter, even though she's not in the UFC anymore. Pretty solid, you know, contender, pros- not prospect, but, you know, good benchmark, I should say. Can't find the words today. Um, again, I'm not going to spend a ton of time in this fight. I see people loving the Sam Hughes line just because of the line itself. That's the gambler in me, wants to take the line, but... I'm going to go with who I think is going to win. It's going to be Luna Panera. I think she's better than Sam Hughes. I think Sam Hughes has maybe <clears throat> a couple minutes in the beginning of the fight to probably do something. You know what I mean? I think uh, I, I think that's a possibility is to maybe get this thing done early um, or really take over early and make Luna uh, uh, come back, if that's even possible, if she can do that. Uh, I don't like the line. Some of these lines are a little weird. I think there's really close lines, and I think there's some really wide lines. And this is a wide line. But this is Vegas saying Panera is that much better. And Hughes, Hughes is 0-2 in the UFC. She doesn't look particularly good. Even though in the Tisha Torres fight, her debut against fucking Tisha Torres, who's been around forever, I mean, she showed valiantly. That should get you something. But then she dropped the local Luma Bumi, which is the best name ever, next to Song Yudong. Um, but yeah, this is Luna Panera. Again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in the X's and O's and all this. Panera should should handle her pretty well here. Hopefully she doesn't fake an up up kick. Oops, did I say that? Did I say that? Next up, here we go. All right, got to stretch for this one. This fucking guy's name. <laughs> got to prepare. All right, Shalin, uh, Shalin, uh, <clears throat> not not prepared. Shalinan, Nordank Bicky, Nordan Bicky, Baki, Baki. I believe his nickname is the Wolverine, which is what we're going to be referring to him as. The Wolverine is from here on out. The Wolverine versus Sean Soriano. Soriano minus 290. The Wolverine. Uh, Niran Dambiki uh, plus 225. Um, God, I love Sean Soriano in this fight. I'm a Sean Soriano stan. Uh, I guess is what the is what the kids call him. What the what, what you know, what the what the young gohards call him. I am a Sean Soriano stand. I think he's very good on the feet. I think he aligned himself with the right camp. But this guy gets submitted by the wind, guys. I mean, you know, I mean, he he's so dangerous on the feet. You know, let's look at his record here, right? So. He got signed to UFC as an undefeated prospect, very high on the UFC's radar at the time. Fights Kawajiri's debut. Okay, Kawajiri was a 40-fight veteran, got submitted, whatever, round two. Chas Skelly decision. You know, Chas Skelly is still in the UFC. I think he's retiring soon, but okay. You got some, you got two tough draws, and they give you Charles Rosa where you get submitted by Charles Rosa, who technically is fooling the world that he's a black belt. I'm not convinced, okay? I'm still not convinced this guy's a fucking black belt. So, 
Those are pretty rough. 0-3, starting UFC, got cut. I believe this is when he was either making his change or going to Sanford MMA or Hard Knocks 365, whatever they were called, Black Zillions. So then he comes back and, and you know, he gets finished by Thomas Webb, ground and pound. That's not great. Levon, <clears throat> Levon Makashvili, beast wrestler, but rear naked choke. And then Bruce Boynton rear naked choked him as well. I don't even know who Bruce Boynton is. But the, the, the path's here, right? The path is here to beat this guy. You take him down, you submit him. So then he goes and he knocks out two of his last next three, gets a shot in the UFC because he's always cornering fighters. The UFC wants exciting guys. This guy can scrap. He's still fairly young. He's probably working on his wrestling. He's with Greg Jones down there in Florida. They're like, let's give this kid another shot because they see what I see. They see a fucking dynamic striker who can get it done. So they give his debut against Christoph Jurgos on like a week's notice. He's up in weight at 155. Jurgos uh, is a huge 55er. He dents him up a little bit in the first round, gets taken down, but pops back up and then just gasses out and, gets, and, and then gets submitted. So obviously the Wolverine has a path there. I've looked at this guy's tape. He's, he's, he's you know, he got knocked out a year ago by Zhu Rong, a little young kid in the UFC right now, another Chinese fighter, Mongolian, excuse me, I don't want to offend anybody, but he got knocked out like a year ago by him. It was a pretty sloppy knockout. This kid is pretty sloppy. It seems like the UFC is doing him a favor, but why is this 290? Again, I'm picking Soriano. I like Soriano. I just wish this line was way lower. When I saw this fight on paper, I know Chinese fighters, Mongolian fighters haven't been lighting the world on fire right now. Um, the Wolverine made his debut against Joshua Coolblob and, and just looked very average. So I understood that Soriano might be the favorite, but I didn't think he'd be three to one favorite. Sean Soriano, three to one favorite, is is crazy. He doesn't have a UFC win. I mean, zero and three in his first stint, right? And then now he's currently zero and one. He's zero and four in the UFC total. He doesn't have a win, but he's a three to one favorite. So um, that clearly, people in Vegas have been taking, uh, have been looking at the the, the film as well. The Wolverine Noren Dembeki is just a wild guy. He, he's he's somewhat tough, somewhat durable, can make it grimy. This is at 45. I'm hoping Sean Soriano is in complete better shape, um, is willing to, um, I feel like he can catch him. I feel like he can knock him out. I feel like he can stop his takedowns. Uh, the problem is, is if he gets taken down, can he survive the submissions? Uh, Nurandeki has a couple submissions on his record, but he's not like a fucking killer. But I don't think Bruce Boynton's a killer either, is he? Right? You know what I mean? So, um, Maybe he is. Shout out Bruce Boynton. I don't know who you are, but I mean, I saw that you submitted him and I went, hmm. you know what? Let's go back and look at Bruce. Maybe I'm, I'm being too hard on him. I'm just making fun of his name here. Okay. Bruce Boynton. Okay. You're 17 and 12. You just lost to Manny Brunez. Got a lot of submissions on your record. So it looks like you're a submission guy, but you're 17 and 12. That's no one you should lose to. Anyway, Sean Chorion is the pick. I wish this number was a little better. I was hoping to get a better number against two guys who have won in the UFC, but obviously one guy has an incredible skill ceiling. It can get better. Norandeki just needs to work on a lot, and I'm talking a lot. So uh, next up, Cody Dern, minus 142 versus Orichi Lang is how they were pronouncing it. I looked it up, his fight with Jeff Molina, plus 116. This is one of the tougher fights for me to pick, if I'm being honest with you, which I always am. Remember that. I'm always honest with you. This is one of the tougher fights for me to pick. Or Lishi Lang, all things considered, a, a guy who he, he, he went toe to toe with Jeff Molina, who's, who's a solid prospect, a guy who I've doubted, you know, for a while. But you know, he's looked good every time he stepped in, for whether contender series or in the UFC case. And Orlishi Lang is a wild man. So I flipped my pick on this. I was originally on Durden. I thought Durden's wrestling was going to get it done. One of forty-two wasn't crazy to me, but you know, I was like, you know what? 
you know what, at BP, you know, because that's how I talk to myself. I go, you won money on Alves as underdog because you liked his wild man status. You liked that he was a wild man. He was powerful. He was strong. And he had some skills. And Orlici Lang is the same fucking way. He's a wild man. They love him at the at the, the Chinese PI. Um, he's getting rave reviews from people that work with him. The Molina fight was competitive. Jeff Molina is a solid dude. He went toe-to-toe with him. Got dropped twice, I think, two, three times. But stayed in the fight. Was landing shots on Molina as well. Cody Duren, I think, has a good record. And I think he gets overrated a little bit with his wrestling. His, his, his takedowns aren't great. You know, in that Chris Gutierrez fight, a fight I had to rewatch back because I saw it was a split draw. They gave him a 10-8 for that first round because he backpacked him the whole time. I think Orishi Lang just needs to worry about that. Needs to worry about the takedown. Cody Duren has a good single. But this is at 125. Orishi Lang is a big dude. He's fought at 145. He's fought 135. So he's big for this division. I think he's strong as well. I'm hoping he can stop the takedowns. I'm going to take a shot on the dog here, Orichi Lang. Um, this is a fight I'm, I'm looking to bet straight as well. This isn't going to be a parlay piece for me. This is going to be a straight wager. Um, the more I dug into it, again, I flipped. I had Durden. I had Durden written down. I switched back to Orichi Lang. I've you know, had some time to tape study in the guys. And and usually I lean, whenever it's striker versus grappler, I lean grappler, obviously. And whenever it's a guy coming from the Chinese PI, no offense to the Chinese PI, they're not doing as well as they should. They maybe need to restaff that. But all that being said, this is a guy that's being talked about and has shown against a guy like Jeff Molina, who we just saw what he did. Um, he can hang with him. I think he can hang with Cody Durden here and you're getting a plus number. So, I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. Next up, Terrace McKenney, minus 110 versus Fair Zium. I always think I mispronounced this guy's name right or wrong. Excuse me. Minus 110. Um, excuse me, by the way. I'm a fucking idiot. The Sean Soriano fight was. Send him home. Send, send him, him home. home early. I think Sean Soriano is going to knock him out. I, I, I'm i sorry. I'm, I'm not rusty. I'm just, I'm excited. Okay, so excuse me. I didn't mean to look past that. My send him home, Sean Soriano. I think he's going to knock him out. That prop number is nice. Someone else floated this by me today. Sean Soriano can get submitted by the wind, right? My my four-year-old daughter can probably armbar him. So I believe someone said on a podcast that uh, the Wolverine, Naren Dimbeck, whatever his fucking last name is, you can get a submission prop 10 to 1, 12 to 1. This is not a guy who has a couple. I think he has at least one submission on his record, but I mean, 10 to one sure. Century, I mean, that might be the play there. So if you could hedge out, you can, it's obviously a live betting situation as well, but I like short Sean Soriano and I like him to finish as well. All right. Now this fight, this fight's very interesting to me. Terrence McKinney's an interesting guy. You know, he's got a great story. They've been, they've been documenting his story all this week. And uh, I root for him. I like him, right? And he was on the contender series. He looked really good against Sean Woods in the first round. Got knocked out in the second round. And this kid just knocks people out within seconds of the first round. The UFC debut against Matt Favola, slept him in the first round. First fucking punch. One, two, down a pipe, seven seconds. Before that, it was like 16 seconds. 50. So this guy's getting him out of there first round. Has a good wrestling background. Training out of Washington was a Kiesa guy for a while. I don't know if he's still a Kiesa. I know they're friends, and he, I think Kiesa helped him coach or coached him or something like that. But he has a wrestling background. Apparently, he has a some nice wrestling chops. My, my concern is when you get a guy who is knocking dudes out in the first round and, and they're getting addicted to it, he's going to come out and he's going to try laying hands on Zim, which is the right thing to do. Pressure him, use your skills, make Zim stop you. I get it, but... He had a 
cardio dump off against Woodson. I follow this guy on Twitter. He's very confident. He's kind of talking his shit a little bit. He seems a little arrogant, which usually I'm usually confident in that. Like, I like that. But this is kind of warning me a little bit because ZM is kind of sneaky, right? ZM is lanky, tall. He does have a kickboxing Muay Thai background. His MMA grappling is coming a long way, except that he does get taken down a lot, but he is working to get his way back up. McKinney could take this fight to the ground. Um, my pick is McKinney. My pick is McKinney. I actually like this fight probably to go to the decision, right? This is a live betting opportunity. This is what we're going to see how it goes in the first round. I wouldn't mind play, putting some money on McKinney first round knockout. I'm sure it's not going to be that great of a number. I wouldn't mind maybe sprinkling that, touching that a little bit, and then wait for the lot. I can't bet live, so I'm, I'm I'm advising other people to maybe see how it goes live because I can see McKinney blowing it, blowing everything in that first round. ZM's been touched before, he's been rocked before, he's been buzzed before. So McKinney, who's clear to have proven power, can do it. Um, but I just I'm worried about that cardio. If, if ZM gets out of that first round, and then also McKinney's got nothing. ZM is a long kid with some good kicks and some good punches himself, and Cardio kills, man. Cardio's cardio's king. So uh and and he gets a lot of that on his Twitter. He he answers a lot of stuff on his Twitter about his cardio and he says, like, oh, I got it. You know, watch this and it'll show a video of him wrestling or show a video of him uh, you know, whatever, doing rounds in. And I always do 10 rounds. I always do six, whatever. So he, you know, I like the confidence and I like McKinney. I'm rooting for McKinney for sure, but um it this fight scares me. I don't know. I love picking fights too. I just think it's bothering me. If you're if you're watching me on YouTube, you see me trying to pick this lint off. Bothering the shit out of me. Um, I like McKinney. I don't love him. This fight scares me. I literally have wrote down on my paper scared, but I don't know if it finishes. If it does, he, he, here here's where now I'm crossing wires here. I think he can get it done. I think he could um, finish in the first round. After the first round, I don't know. I think if after the first round, I think... ZM, it, it, it leans ZM a little bit there. All right, next up, fifth fight of the night, Loma Lukabumi, plus 122 versus Lupi Ganez. That's right, Lupi Ganez is back again. Lupita Ganez, minus 150, uh, minus 115 fight. I love, you know, I like this fight. I like this fight for both women. Um, I actually think Lupi maybe needs to take a little bit of time off, but, uh, you know, she's right back in there. This is like setting the modern day MMA record of how many fights. She looked terrible in uh, Luana Carolina fight. She blew my parlay. I thought she was going to just steamroll uh, Carolina. And she seemed kind of uninterested and a little burnt out. And and now she's taking a fight back at her original weight class at 115. That was at 125. She's going to have the size advantage over Luma Lukabimi, but her wrestling didn't look great to me. It, it looked very one-dimensional against Luna Carolina, who is a big, tall, lanky woman who's been taken down by everybody, and she kept just trying to body lock, take her down. No, 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 no. When you get these tall string beans, grab a leg. And I'm not even a wrestler, and I can say that. Grab a leg. Get away from that waist. She didn't make the proper adjustments. I know she's young in her career, and apparently she comes from a boxing camp. Like, she likes to box, but I haven't seen it. I think she looks very gun-shy. I don't think she likes to stand up. She's fighting Loma Lukabumi, who's impressed me. She's fought some really good women. She's undersized. She should be at 105, but she's strong. She's really strong in there. Muay Thai uh, fighter. Um, she used to train at Tiger Muay Thai. I believe she's an American now. Strong in the clinch and, and is powerful with her, with her kicks, her punches, and, and has great cardio. You know, giving Loma Lukabumi as an underdog at plus 122, I like it here. I just see her... Lupita, Lupi, going for some takedowns, not getting them, failing again. 
Luma Lukabumi is going to be a little undersized, but she's strong. She's stout in there. And in the clinch is where Godness likes to be. And in the clinch, I think Lukabumi is going to land some elbows, land some knees. At distance, she's going to land her kicks. I think this is going to be obviously a decision fight. I don't see anybody getting finished in here. Hopefully, Luma does enough, and hopefully there's some smart judges that, that notices that maybe Ganez is pushing against the cage, but when you're getting need in your ribs and need in your face, it doesn't fucking matter what position you're in. It's going to be hard for me to bet this, but, you know, I am confident in it, so I'm going to go Luma Lukabumi. Give me that name. I want it. Why can't I be Brian Lukabumi? Like, I just got to be Brian Petrie. Fucking dad. You know what I mean? Go to Thailand and change your name to Luma Lukabumi or Brian Lukabumi. All right. Hafe Garcia, minus 115 versus Natan Levy, minus 105. Pick him fight. I believe this is now moving. I think all these lines are moving, by the way. Well, the, the Yanez fight jumped up a little bit. Um, the the Misha Tate fight moved a little bit. And then the... What am I what am I thinking here? There's another fight that moved as well. Um oh Sean Brady moved as well. Anyway, uh this fight's moving. Uh, I believe Levy is a is a dog now. And Tom Levy's a guy, uh looked okay on the contender series. Didn't blow me away, but he he, he trains with some people that like him. You know, Chris Curtis, uh, you know, personal friend of mine, you know, <laughs> one knocked off Phil Hoss last time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I know the guy. Uh, trains with this guy and says, this guy's strong. He's durable. He's good, you know, and, and he likes to get the fight to the ground. And he he might be a little undersized in this fight because Hafi Garcia is, uh, Nathan Levy, most of those fights were at 45. Uh, Garcia is, is a natural 155. His only two losses are in the UFC. He looked like complete dog shit against Chris Goosemacher. So what do you do here, right? You look, you got a guy who was undefeated coming to the UFC, took a fight on short notice against Nasser at Hapras, who's a stud, lost a close decision, I believe, or not a close decision, lost a decision, but was doing okay, and then was beating up Grusmacher, but didn't have the cardio. So now he's fighting a completely different guy in, in Natan Levy, who I think wants to get the fight to the ground, wants to be on top, wants to probably look for submissions. The, the thing I heard on uh, Hafi Garcia from like people like Cub Swanson, he's incredibly strong, he's hard to hold down. I've heard the same thing about Levy, right? Levy is very limited in his in a stand-up. He's got okay kicks. He manages distance well, but Garcia definitely has the advantage in the stand-up. I think Nevy's gonna want Levy, excuse me, is gonna want to take this fight to the ground and, and get on top and wear him out. Best case scenario. If Garcia needs to come in shape, he needs to come in shape because he faded against Grusmacher in a heavily grappling match with Levy is gonna be weighing on you, clinching you, trying to get you down. You better be in shape because it's going to wear you out. And Garcia's got to keep his distance and throw strikes. I like Levy here. I like Levy. I see people taking Garcia with the experience, and, and, and I understand that Levy's only 6-0. and He's with a good camp. We haven't seen him in a little while. This is his official UFC debut. A lot of fights have fallen out for him. But I like Levy just to maybe get a really sloppy decision or maybe even just kind of like a smart, play-it-safe, boring decision, take down Garcia, wear him out. I can see him dropping the first round, possibly taking over with his grappling then. Um, the one question is, is Garcia does hit hard and he has slick boxing. He can land on it. He landed on Nasrat and he landed on Grusmacher. Levy isn't going to want to stand with him like those guys did. I understand that. But Levy 6-0, can he sit there in the pocket and take these shots? Is he willing to? Can Is he made of that? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to play this fight. I like Levy here. I'm picking Levy. He's going to be at a plus number currently. I'm sure he'll close as a plus number, but... Early in the week, I was a little more confident <clears throat> than I am now because of Regency bias. Because Garcia looks so bad against Grusmacher that I'm, I just think he's bad. But he does have a good record. He does have, you know, uh, some good skills. But 
I just feel like Levy's just going to smother him and, and just wear him down. You know, I know he's fought most of his career at 45, so he might be a little undersized, but I think he's a little more athletic, and I think he he's going to work his game in this fight. So I'm going Levy as a dog here, baby. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm dog chasing a little bit, a little bit dog chasing. All right, next up, Tucker Lutz, plus 122 versus Pat Sabatini, minus 150. Love this fight. Very good fight. I'm going to, uh, I don't know if he listens. He follows me on Twitter, but Josh Silverberg, this is the Josh Silverberg pick, okay? Um, he broke this down falsely. I was having a tough time figuring this out because I like Tucker Lutz. He doesn't really do anything great, but he doesn't do anything bad. He's very within himself. His striking's good, not great. His wrestling's good, not great. His cardio's good. Uh, it's not It's not great, but it's not bad either. He's a very even keel fighter. Pat Sabatini's kind of a little bit of a wild card. You know, he likes to get his shit kicked in a little bit and then catch the submission. Jamal Emmers was beating the shit out of him and he got a leg. You know what I mean? And he's done that in some of his other fights as well. Striking's not that great. His grappling is very good. His wrestling is good as well. Tucker Lutz does have a good wrestling background as well. As well. So this is dead even. So this is basically a fight where Sabatini's going to have to get it to the ground and Tucker Lutz is going to have to prevent it from getting to the ground. Cardio is going to be king in this fight. And uh, more so than not, I think Tucker Lutz just needs to not take so many chances and be within himself, right? I can see him hitting Sabatini a lot. His punches are very straight. They, they get the point A to point B quick. Pat Sabatini likes to be hit a little bit. Doesn't like to be hit, but unfortunately he gets hit a lot. And I think Tucker Lutz needs to take advantage of it, but I think he needs to stay within himself and not overcommit like Emmers did because Sabatini can rack up, wrap up a leg. I mean, Lutz might have the great, great take, uh, excuse me, great submission defense. I don't know. Let's not even take it there, right? So this is going to be my underdog lock right here. Underdog. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. This is my underdog lock of the night. Tucker Lutz, thank you, Josh Silverberg on Twitter for pointing this out to me. Convince me, showed me the way. Uh, I like Tucker Lutz big in this spot here. I don't usually like going for guys who are um, the, their main source, at least so far at the high level, is I'm going to get beat up for a little bit, and then I'm going to come back and get you. But Pat Sabatini is, a, is one of those guys, he's starting to enter specialist territory because he's very, very good at that one thing that guys need to avoid. And you got a guy, Tucker Lutz, who's not a specialist. He's a jack of all trades. He's kind of good at everything. So it's one of those battles here. I think if Tucker Lutz fights a smart fight, I think this is his fight to win for sure. I like Tucker Lutz here. Um, I'm going to go old Tucker Lutz um, because, yeah. And that's an awesome name. Tucker, what is his his nickname? I know it's Top Gun. Damn. I think I made this joke on Twitter. It should be like, it should be something with nuts, right? Tugger nuts or something like that. Again, I'm a 13-year-old boy. I like the joke. Okay, next up, Adrian Yanez. Minus 250 versus David Grant, plus 198. Yanez has now since blown up to minus 320. So a lot of money is coming on Yanez. Surprising a little bit because when I saw this fight, Yanez has been on the podcast. He's a friend of the show. I like Adrian Yanez a lot. I think he's talented. He's got four knockout wins in the UFC. Looked like a complete stud in his last fight against Randy Costa, who I think is another good young up-and-coming guy. But I've lost a reputation fight to David Grant. David Grant embarrassed me. I have shit on this guy most of his career, and he's very good. Un- undeserved shit on by me. He stepped away for a while to, to figure out some injuries, and he came back, and I was like, this guy? Because I remember him on The Ultimate Fighter. I'm like, this guy? And I put my reputation on the line against Jonathan Martinez, and he slept Jonathan Martinez. But with that being said, David Grant is a scrappy, uh, 
you know, scrappy guy with with some good with some good uh, technique on the ground. His, his stand up though, he has big power in that left hand, but it's wild. It comes wild. You know, he's tough. He's never been finished by knockout. And Yanez is only knocking dudes out. Yanez obviously dropped that first round to Costa, looked a little out of sorts because of the pace Costa was putting on him. <clears throat> I see David Grant doing something similar where he's going to jump on him a little bit. Instead of all striking, I think he's going to mess up the grappling. That's what we all want to see. We all want to see Yanez fight a grappler and see what he does. His three losses, right, are to all grapplers. Mal John, split decision loss, very, very close fight. That's a wrestler. Domingo Pilarte, huge, huge for 135. That's a wrestler. He wants to get you down. Maybe not a wrestler, but definitely a grappler. And Levi Mova's decision, second loss back in 2014, that was against wrestler. Yanez is a very humble, smart guy who knows, like he knows people want to take him down. He knows what people are going to try to expose of him. And I think I believe him when he says, I have answers to all that. I have answers. And he's shown far has proven it, but he hasn't fought a grappler. Now, David Grant's not a world-class wrestler, but he is good on top. He is pretty big for the division as well. He's strong. Um, this fight put me in pause at first, but then I'm like, wait a second, right? Your instincts are never wrong, Brian. <laughs> okay. Sometimes they're wrong, but sometimes they're not. Okay. And your instinct was David Grant wasn't as good as he was. He's tough. He's durable, whatever, but he wasn't as good as he was. And your other instincts say, Yanez is good. So what are you p- pussyfooting around here? F- screw the numbers. Screw hyperbole, all that, go with Yanez. He's your pick. He's your guy. Um, I think he has better striking. I think he has better cardio. I think the one thing that needs to be questioned is the ground game. If David Grant can get him there, great. Uh, but this this fight definitely gave me pause early on. I see some people picking David Grant. They like David Grant, this number, and has since climbed to what you've seen on the screen. I get it, right? David Grant has no chump. I have a personal vendetta against him, apparently. But he has no chump. This is going to be a fucking fun fight to kick off the main card. I'm excited about it. But the pick is the pick is uh, Adrian Nats. Can't go against him. All right, next up, Joanne. Well, not Calderwood. Wood got married. Congratulations. Plus 250 versus Tyler Santos. Minus 325. Oh, boy. Um, I love JoJo. Okay. Her voice is so sweet. She seems nice. Uh, I'm, I'm happy she got married, but marriage of, as a guy who's married, there comes distractions. Okay. She didn't get married that long ago. Um, it was a theme wedding on Halloween. There was something going on. You're taking some time off to eat. You're taking some time off to fuck. Uh, you know, she's the, this is a line that's a little crazy that I mentioned earlier. She's the higher ranked girl. Right, but she is a three to one underdog, which is absurd. It shouldn't be that wide at all. But Vegas might be thinking what I'm thinking. You know, she's, you know, in the honeymoon phase. Who wants to fight during the honeymoon? You know what I mean? She's a very good fighter. She has good striking. Talasantos, I think, you know, 18 to 1, good record. Has an ugly loss on her record with Maria Barella, who stinks, but um, is, is, is a good fighter is strong in there and, and hunts you down and, and has done everything perfect so far in the UFC besides that weird loss to Barella. I'm going to go Santos here. Um, I'm not happy about it. I want to root for Jojo. I don't think I'm going to bet this fight. I'm going to stay out of this fight, but Tyler Santos, even at the big number, it's, it's chalk city. It's something I normally wouldn't play. It's a, it may be a parlay piece. I just think Joanne's going to be a little outmatched. I think she's good on her feet. I think she's good off her back. I think her wrestling defense is, is not great. I think her cardio has slipped before. I think her takedown, or excuse me, her submission defense has slipped before. 
Santos, I think, is motivated and is going to come out and maybe try to buzz Saul Joe and, 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 and get, a, get a name for herself. Get a scalp. Get a big scalp. Number six woman in the world. JoJo was a fight away from get, fighting for the title. Lost Lauren Murphy. Trying to make her way back, but I think I think she's running into the wrong one. I think Tal Santos takes this fight, um, but I still like Joe and Calderwood. All right, next up, Hani Aya, minus 110 versus Kyung Ho Kang. If you you got to come over to the MMA Takes Podcast YouTube because you got to look at this picture called uh, King O'Kang. He looks like a bad guy from like a Jackie Chan movie. Like that's only got released over in Asia. He looks like the bad guy for any time or even an American movie. If you if if there's an American movie, action movie, and the bad guys happen to be Asian, he looks like the head bad guy. The long hair, the mustache, everything. That's what he looks like. Um, and Yanni Aya is 36. He's one year older than me. He looks 56. And the guy looks old. He's hairy as fuck. Even fight on paper here. I know a lot of people like Ho Kang. They like his style. I've never been a huge fan of him, if I'm being honest with you. I, you know, I've never really dove into like his, you know, personal life and stuff. Apparently he's kind of a character. He's been out for two years from military service. Ronnie Yaya is a guy who, I mean, He's hard to bet against. I mean, you know what I mean? If he gets you to the ground in that first round, it's a problem. Whole Kang is, is good on the ground as well. Kind of a wild man here. I see a lot of people picking Kang. I'm going to pick Yaya here. But here's the difference. is a lot, Ronnie Yaya has made people money, right? He's made a lot of people money as an underdog play. He's caught people before. He's unassuming. His gas tank's not that good. His striking's terrible. But he gets into the ground, and he's and he's lights up. And he's made a lot of people as underdog money. That's what I've been hearing this whole week. Yaya's made me money. Yaya's made me money. And a lot of people like Ho Kang because of, you know, the way he fights, his fight style. But Yaya hasn't made me any money. I don't owe this fucking guy anything, okay? So I'm staying away from this fight. Um, I'm picking Yaya. I think, you know, he's going to be better on top. I think he's going to win the first round. He'll win the second round. Uh, closely, and then if he fades, he's losing that third round and, and hopefully doesn't get finished, but he doesn't get finished by anybody. He's durable as they come. Uh, you know, I, you know, I just, I, I don't love the fight. This was supposed to fight a couple months ago, and then Yaya got COVID. Not my style fight, not really my matchup. I would, uh, I, I'm, I'm running to the fucking TV to watch, but um, give me Yaya. Give me Yaya. Uh, not going to bet it, though. Not going to bet it. Okay, next up, co-main event. Now, this fight. Now, this motherfucker, my boys, Michael Chiesa, plus 126 versus Sean Brady, minus 154. Brady is like 160 now-ish. Chiesa is a little higher as well. What a co-main event. I like this better than main event. This is my personal main event because I'm high on Sean Brady. I was high on Michael Chiesa, and then I came on these airways and scathed him and fucking scolded him and, and talked about what an idiot he was. So here's the Michael Chiesa dilemma for me, right? Michael Chiesa, ultimate fighter winner, 155-pound winner. Comes off the show, right? Gets a good win, fights Jorge Masvidal, loses. Masvidal chokes him out, right? Drop Masvidal on that fight, chokes him out. Comes back and gets two uh, wins over, you know, Francisco Trinal is a good win. Then loses the lows on with by cut. Very entertaining fight. Got cut, ran out of the cage, cried. He's a very emotional guy. Then he won a nice little run. He has a win over Benil Darius, a submission win over Benil Darius, which is absolutely huge. Has a submission whenever Jim Miller as well, which isn't as big because Benil used just doesn't really get submitted. I've seen Jim Miller get submitted. Then he loses to Kevin Lee by rear naked choke. That's the famous, you know, don't talk about my mom fight. Got choked out in the first round, looked out class. Then followed it up with a with a loss to Anthony Pettis by submission as well. Triangle armbar. 
Um, just kept taking Pettis down. Pettis has a good guard, but I mean, not that fucking good. So what does he do? He goes, you know what? He missed weight for that fight as well against Pettis. He goes, no more, right? I'm too big for 55, which I agree. I'm going to go up to 70. Smart move. Put some size on. Looks bricked up. Bricked up at 70. Looks fantastic. Vice Carlos Condit submits him. You know, you get anybody. I could take Carlos Condit down, right? Submission-wise, it was an impressive submission. It was like a, it was a Kimura that he's just turning with one arm. It was, it was fucking brutal. But getting Carlos Condit down and winning that way, mildly impressive. Then he gets Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez was with Fabia. He is fat, out of shape. Uh, couldn't put Diego away, but completely dominated him, out-wrestled him, out-grappled him, smothered him. Diego could do nothing. Then he gets Dos Anjos. That's his biggest win, right? Um, I don't think his most impressive win to date, but his biggest win. He, again, Dos Anjos, little undersized at 170 and was just getting taken down over and over again. Landed some good strikes. Kiesa took it, decision him. And then the Neil Magny fight, he went five hard rounds of Neil Magny. Neil Magny, long, big 70. And Kiesa was just like, I'm, I'm the fucking man in here. I'm the bully. I'm taking you the fuck down. Then he gets Vicente Luque, where I believe he closes an underdog. And I took him. And I was confident that he could expose Luque because Luque hasn't really fought too many guys that really want to take him down. I want to see what he's about. And Kiesa does that. Takes him down the first round and kind of loses position a few times and then kind of just gives him his neck and then gets starstroke. Vicente Luque has a great starstroke. And Kiesa gave it to him. And then there's videos of Kiesa like running to the dock of the building, like crying. Like he just wanted to get away. Again, the guy's emotionally, you know, he's got some emotions to it. Problem with Kiesa is if he's not the nail, if he's not the front runner, he fades. But Sean Brady has never been the nail either. Sean Brady's 14 and 0. He's beaten everyone he's fought. Some kind of close fights, but not really. He's, I think, an incredible talent. I have studied this guy extensively because when he was maybe 6 0, 7 0, he's from Philly. Chris was still living in Cincinnati. 170 pounders, they were going to fight. Chris was calling him out on. Twitter, or excuse me, on Instagram, call him out on Facebook, and I dove into this guy. I was like, fuck it. Let's see who this guy is. Let's see. And I, I tape studied, and I remember going, that's a tough fight for Chris. You know what I mean? That's a, this kid, this kid's a tough fight for Chris because he's big, you know, he's strong, you know, and he, he can box a little bit. His boxing is now better, but his grappling was very good. So Michael Chiesa, what do you do, right? Because Michael Chiesa, I don't think has the best takedowns. Looks like he's been wrestling, you know, he was wearing Arizona State wrestling shirt uh, this week. Looks like he may be really tightened up his wrestling. But Kiesa, for being kind of a modern-day specialist where he wants to get you down, take your back, choke you out, any kind of chokes. He's got good chokes, guillotines, whatever. But he wants to take you down, take your back, and choke you out. That's what Kiesa wants to do. And he's very, very good at it. However, for being a specialist, he also gives up a lot of submissions. Guys have submitted this guy before. He's not impenetrable. He's never been knocked out. His stand-up is absolutely dog shit, though. It's so robotic, right? It's more robotic than my fucking robot dance. Okay, you got to go on YouTube and watch me just do that. Um, Sean Brady, though, I think has better stand-up than people give him credit for. A lot of his wins, a lot of his fights in the UFC, he goes to his grappling. He's very good. Paul Felder's talked about how good this kid is. Comes out of that Philly gym, and he's kind of the man out there. They're, they're having some really good fighters coming out of Philly, and I've heard nothing but good things about this kid. His stand-up is really good. His power is good. His guillotine is absolute death. How, how And he's always offensive wrestling. How's his defensive wrestling? You know what I mean? That's what's going to be proven here. But I tell you what, I'm so confident in, in, in uh, Sean Brady. When last week ended, last Saturday ended, I texted the boys in the group text. 
for next week, boys, Chambre. I have a pretty good track record of sending that text out about of a fight, about a fighter that early. I had no idea what the line was. That early, I have a pretty good track record. I've been on Brady for over a week. I have since dove into the footage again, looked at tape, all that shit, looked at records. Do what I do. Break the fight down. And I'm still confident in Brady. I'm still that much more confident in Brady. So confident he's my mortal lock. Lock him up, baby. My motor lock, Sean Brady. Um, I just think Kiesa's fought the better competition. And I and I like Kiesa as a number here. I like Kiesa as a plus number. I no doubt about it. But I just think it's Sean Brady's time now. The only thing that concerns me is, is if you listen to me for many the years I've been doing this now. I really get into like the mental and the physiological, physiological, I can't pronounce that word, of fighting, right? Because that's what a lot of it is. A lot of times, 14-0 fighters, they're okay with dropping one to a guy like Kiesa. So my concern is, is when Brady gets put in a bad position, like I don't think he's going to get knocked out, but he gets put in a bad position on the ground, is he going to fight tooth and nail to keep that O or is he to go, you know what? Michael Chiesa's great. I drop one. I'm ready to, I learn from this, right? That's usually what it is. There's not many guys who are super hungry to keep that out. It's a little bit of pressure. It's almost like a relief when you get that, that loss off you. So that psychological aspect of this is kind of throwing me through a loop. You know what I mean? But I'm still confident, Brady. I'm going to go Brady. Um, I think he's just the, the better fighter right now everywhere. I actually like him, the TKO, Kiesa. I know no one's ever done that, but I liked him catch Kiesa on the feet and, and put him out with strikes. Kiesa's vulnerable on the feet, and I think Brady has power. I think he's going to sprawl and brawl and take him out. All right, main event. You got Caitlin Vieira, uh, minus 122 versus Misha Tate, plus, plus 100. She's minus 104 right now as a pick em fight. This line is very, very weird to me because I think Misha Tate wins this. Uh, Misha Tate's my pick. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to dangle the fruit carrot in front of your face, whatever it is. Um, Caitlin Vieira, she gasses. She gasses bad. And she's she doesn't want to stand up. Her stand-up is terrible. She doesn't throw many strikes. She wants to get the fight to the ground. Misha Tate, since he has come back physically, I know she's only fought JDR, but physically she looks fucking phenomenal. She looks better than she ever has. No problem going five rounds, in my opinion. Caitlin Vieira, I don't think is that big of a submission threat to really worry Misha Tate. Misha Tate is a submission specialist. She likes to get the fight to the ground. I think she might want to keep this one on the feet a little bit. She's tough. She's durable. I think this is going to be a hard uh, fight of nutrition. I like this going to a decision and or Misha Tate by sub because I think Vera after that third round, after that second round, maybe even she's going to slow down. She's going to slow down and, 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 Tate, and Tate's not. And Tate's going to pressure. Tate's top game is phenomenal. Her ground, her stand-up's not that great. It's coming along, but it's not great. But her top pressure's great. Her, her ground and pound's good, and she has good rear naked chokes. She has good arm bars. Um, I see Tate coming out here and, and, and getting it done. Um, I'm glad Misha takes back. She's an OG. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I think she's going to win. What, what what else does it say? I said on the last podcast, I had to look up Caitlin Vieira. Um, I obviously have seen her fight, but I had to really dive in. And I did, and I just wasn't impressed. You know, she lost to Yana Kutsukaya, which was very controversial because um, people thought she would she, she won that fight because she was mounted a lot on Kutsukaya. I agree. I thought Vieira won that fight. She has a win over Sajar Eubanks, but she faded bad in that Sarge fight. Sarge just couldn't get off and was stuck in mud the whole fight. Rihanna Adana knocked her out, which, you know, Rihanna Adana is a fucking powerful, powerful woman. Split decision with Kat Zagano, uh, Sarah McMahon, Ashley Evans Smith. She's fought all names. 
Uh, and then Kelly Fasholtz was a debut, which, you know, she's fucking, you know, a waitress somewhere now. Uh, that's mean. That's mean. What is, what is Kelly Fasholtz doing? Uh, four and two. Okay, she fought. She hasn't fought since 2017, but it was a win. Good for you, Kelly Fasholtz. Hopefully she got married with some kids and stuff. You know, happy life. Happy life, happy wife. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I'm not impressed with Viera. I think everything that she's going to want to do, Misha does better. You know what I mean? As simple as that. And I think the cardios could be the big thing here. I like for this to maybe be a late finish. Um, and I like Misha. Misha Tate, surprised by the line, if I'm being honest with you. Misha Tate, former champion. I know she's been off for five years. Came back to JDR. Looked pretty good. Um, she's getting a, a fighting woman who's been fighting competitively for a while. Still kind of weird to me. Still a little bit of a weird line. All right. So I promised two parlays. And I'm going to deliver two motherfucking parlays. First one, slime ball parlay. Whoa, there it is. There it is. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. It is Sean Brady, minus 168. It is Adrian Yanez, minus 320. It is Sean Soriano, minus 290. Two units at plus 881. People are going to hate this parlay. People are going to hate it because value, right? The value is not on Sean Soriano. He should not be the three to one favorite. I agree. Yanez is high. Davy Grant might be the value play there because Davy Grant's tougher than people give him credit for. I agree. How could Michael Chiesa be an underdog against Sean Brady? Michael Chiesa has fought better competition. I agree. But this is who I think is going to win, baby. And that's all what it's about. It's not about value. It's about winning. And these three boys, I think, are going to win. Sean Brady, my mortal lock, Adrian Yanez. I think is is going to prove some things here. I, I hope he gets a knockout over David Grant. If he doesn't, I would like it to see a decision win. I want to see Yanez go extend it just so we can further hype this up because I do think he's a future star of this division. And Sean Soriano, for please sake, for God's sake, knock this guy out. Don't play on the ground. Don't go to the ground. Uh, and just don't just don't get submitted and you win. You can't lose if you don't get submitted. Believe it or not, you can't lose if you don't get submitted. That's a slime ball parlay. I will be tweeting this out come Saturday. Uh, this is obviously for the people that watch, the supporters. They get it early. That's a guaranteed winner. Okay? I'm looking at the camera now. Guaranteed winner. Two units at plus 181. Almost two to one in your money. I love it. Now here comes the underdog. Here comes the extra. The little a la mode here, baby. Underdog parlay because there's so many even fights. I'll tweet this out as well. Even fights, I, I didn't know what to do. So Misha Tate, minus 104. I don't think there's a world Misha Tate loses. Lomo Lukabumi, plus 140. That's a gorgeous number against a girl who is deadly in the clinch, who's fighting a girl who cannot wrestle and only can wrestle from the clinch, where it's death. And then Tucker Lutz, who I think is just going to be even keel, jack of all trades, kind of just get it done across the board, maybe win a decision there because Pat Sabatini's got that Philly tough. That's one unit at plus 916, 9 to 1. 9 to 1 for those three excellent fighters. I couldn't pass that up. Um, you obviously can add and take away what you want. This is just a suggestion. This is just a base starting. This is my base. I can't wait to hit this 9 to 1. And I can't wait to all the boys who follow and listen go, hey, man, thanks for that 9 to 1. No problem. No problem. Buy a shirt. Buy what you, you know what I mean? I'll sell shit. Rate, rate and review me on Twitter. What do you think? Or fucking. Apple Podcast, whatever. So that's the show. That's the show, baby. All right. That was good. That was good. Firing off. My wife's making my favorite dinner tonight. I am excited. Is that? Oh, I thought it was 7 o'clock. It's 6 o'clock. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, so catch us on YouTube, MMA Takes Podcast, on Twitter, MMA Takes Podcast, on IG, MMA Takes Podcast. Guess what is on IG? MMA Takes Podcast. Everywhere. I don't have a TikTok yet, but uh, if more people, I get so many DMs about people like, when are you starting to TikTok? I want to see these dance moves. I want if I get a couple more DMs, I'll start a TikTok. But right now, I'm just on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So I'm going to take podcasts. All those. Let's go. My daughter's birthday is tomorrow. My little baby, Hazel, is one years old. Happy birthday, Hazel Bowie. I love you. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Escort this gentleman to the door. Come on. Do you see that shit? Yeah. Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.